Good evening and welcome to Plan Lehigh Valley, the WDIY program presented with our friends and partners at the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission. Joining me are co-hosts Becky Bradley, the Executive Director of the Planning Commission, and Matt Assad, its Managing Editor. Welcome, Becky and Matt. Good evening. This evening, we're fortunate to have as our guest the Planning Commission's Program Associate for Community Engagement, Hannah Malagio. Hannah joined the LVPC in March of 2022. Hannah is in charge of public engagement programs at the Planning Commission. Prior to that, Hannah worked seven years with Community Bike Works and the Youth Development Organization in Allentown. Hannah is currently community outreach for the updating of the Long Range Transportation Plan. Welcome back, Hannah. Thank you for having me. Let's get into it. Matt, we're talking about public priorities for transportation today. Can you give us an overview of what you're seeing? Also, we're talking specifically about like the results of our transportation needs assessment, which was a sort of community-wide survey. We do one of these every few years, and we sort of take the pulse of the community in, in kind of an extensive way. And in this case, we did it for transportation because we are putting together the uh, long-range transportation plan. And what we saw, I think it won't surprise a lot of folks, um, people love their cars. And, and why not? In the Lehigh Valley, it's kind of easy to get to places. And, you know, unlike some of our urban neighbors, it's we don't have parking issues. And even though some folks will complain about 22, we really don't have traffic issues. You know, uh, anyone that's from an urban uh, corridor knows that we don't see the traffic that they have. So it makes perfect sense that people love their cars, and that's what most people are using. But we did see sort of a slowly gravitating toward other options, you know, whether it be biking or walking or carpooling or ride sharing. So we're seeing sort of a, a little bit of a movement, which we've been trying to promote. You know, it's subtle, but it appears to be shifting, um, you know, climate change or, or, you know, healthy living or the pandemic. You know, whatever it is, we are seeing a change. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that as this as this show goes on. Becky, how do the results of the survey fit into the region's long-range transportation plan? The really important part about these results is, um, look, people can propose any type of project that they want, and if we'll qualify it to see if it's eligible for federal funds or state funds, because that's where the money for transportation comes from. We're one of the only regions that does not require a local match, though um, we do work with partners who have parts of um, the funding that they need for projects. So we're usually working with local governments. The Pennsylvania Department of Transportation uh, is the largest proposer of projects. So are uh, both counties because they own bridges and some of our communities own roads and bridges. And so there's a combination of owners of our transportation infrastructure system. Um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Lanta either. Uh, They're also funded through the long range transportation plan update through specific transit funds. Those are the folks we're used to working with. But how does the community prioritize those things? What do, you know, your mom or your son or your neighbor or that person that owns a manufacturing business or that school district, what did they need? Um, and so what this survey did was it really went out to the community as a whole, not just the infrastructure owners or the operator of the transit system to see how 
they viewed the transportation system in the region and we asked them directly, how do you want to invest in it? And really, how have your priorities changed since we asked about four years ago now? Becky, you made one mention of uh, the local match. Just can you briefly explain what that is for our listeners? Sure. Literally, 50% to 80% of transportation funding, or actually I should say up to 100%, in, especially in the transit us realm, of money comes from the federal government. And then the balance of that usually comes from the state legislature. So we're one of the only regions that doesn't require a portion of that match to come from the local government or the person proposing the project. So that is a rare thing. So in regards to the local match, one of the primary reasons why we don't have a local match requirement where regions all across the country, definitely inside the state of Pennsylvania, do, is because we do have a lot of communities, small boroughs, for example, that don't have a lot of people residing in them. And so they don't necessarily have the tax revenue because they don't necessarily have the tax base, or if like a community is largely residential, for example, Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily have that tax generation to come up with $20 million to match a federal project for a major roadway reconstruction or major intersection improvements or some of the things that they need, crosswalks and sidewalks tied into that, that sort of thing. And so there is an equity component about that. So then you layer in people who don't have access to a vehicle or live in situations of high poverty. And there are people living in poverty all throughout the Lehigh Valley. In fact, we have in many places a significant growth in poverty in our suburban communities. And so it's not necessarily... Uh, equitable to say that we're only going to invest in communities that do have a strong tax base and can come up with these large matches. Because then what that does is it says that the transportation system is only important in areas that are uh, more wealthy. And that's the wrong answer, right? So uh, one of the key things that we've done in not requiring a match is to make sure that transportation funds can be allocated across the region. Thanks for that explanation. Hannah, can you give us a little breakdown of who took the survey and where they're from and its accuracy? Absolutely. So um, the transportation needs assessment survey was publicly available for about a month. Um, We had a thousand and seven people fill out this survey, um, which we're very proud of. These a thousand and seven people are representing 60 of the 62 municipalities in Lehigh and Northampton counties. Again, something we're really proud of because, as Becky mentioned, we want to make sure that the transportation priorities of the region truly reflect the region as a whole and not just specific municipalities. The survey has a 3.09 margin of error, which is extremely low. And again, we're we're really proud of that. Most of the people who took the survey, about 80% were residents of the Lehigh Valley. So we're talking about, you know, the folks that Becky mentioned, neighbors, families, um, individuals living within the Lehigh Valley. About 
13% of folks were representatives of a municipality, either in an elected capacity or as staff members. And then we've got about 7% who identified as others. So we're talking about, you know, folks in the business community or folks who maybe live outside the Lehigh Valley, but travel here frequently for recreation or employment. But largely, we've got our residents telling us what their transportation needs and priorities are. Um, and so we're we're seeing that as a really a regional look at what we need going forward. You got over a thousand people to take this survey. That's a lot of people. How'd you do that? Yes. Uh, so that's a great question. We, uh, during the month of March, we hosted what we called our transportation needs assessment campaign. So it was essentially a larger community engagement campaign where the survey was a part of that. Uh, we met with all 62 municipalities um, to talk about their municipal transportation needs and priorities. We hosted 24 sub-regional meetings over 28 days. We made presentations to different groups, including the Chamber of Commerce. We promoted the survey through our social media pages and really tried to engage with folks uh, in a virtual space because we know that not everyone can make it to a meeting. Um, and really building relationships, not only with folks that we've connected with through our municipal and nonprofit partners, but also really trying to connect you know, with residents of the Lehigh Valley. And I think our, our survey results certainly speak to that. Congratulations, that's a, that's a lot of people. Thank you. Becky, you did an interesting thing. Um, I noticed a question where you ask people, if you have $100, how would you spend it? What do people want to spend their tax money on? Yeah, when um, and we made it simple for folks, which was important. So we asked folks, if you had $100, how would you allocate that $100 out? On average, people put $35 towards roads and bridges, $24 on walking, biking, and disability access or ADA access, and then $23 on infrastructure resilience and $18 into transit. So really what we're seeing, and this is vastly different from when we asked people even four years ago how they would spend, or four or five years ago, how they would uh, spend their money. What we saw a lot of prior was more funds towards the maintenance um, and management of the road and bridge system. It was almost all the money towards that. And this time we're seeing a more balanced approach like, hey, we understand that we're having more flooding events that's affecting emergency response, mobility, other things. So we want to make sure that we uh, have adequate funding to address uh, infrastructure vulnerability I always talk about Hurricane Isis um, and the remnants of that when it hit the valley a few years ago. You know, we had a handful of bridges collapsed and roads undermined in literally under an hour in just one part of western Lehigh County because the rains came down so fast in that location that it caused the water courses to really swell up. Jordan Creek, for example. And as a result of that, the water started coming down the Jordan so fast that it just literally undermined the soil underneath the bridge abutments and caused bridge collapses. So there were starting to have more and more and more of these conversations. And people, obviously the public, recognize that. Also too, there's a, a renewed interest in transit 
the fact that there was $18 on average proposed to go to that is a really big deal. Um, and people really are seeing the value of our transit system and enhancing it, making it easier to use, more frequent. Um, and Atlanta's really focused on implementing that as well. So that was really a welcome response from the community. And then last but not least, $24 on walking, biking, and accessibility. I really think that comes out of the pandemic where people were getting outside, they were using the trail system, they were walking around their neighborhoods, and they really started to see that we're missing safe crosswalks. Um, we're missing uh, bike lanes where we need them. We're missing safe trail crossings when you start crossing roads and other things. And people have a more or a stronger focus on their personal health, but also connection to their community as positive outcomes of the COVID-19 pandemic. And so we really saw them wanting to invest in that infrastructure around improving options for transportation, including walking, biking, and ADA accessibility. So that's very exciting. It meets our age-friendly communities goals with our partners at AARP and United Way, our active transportation goals with our walk role plan. So it reinforced some things that our partners were doing and that we were already doing in a new and renewed way as well. So there's just a lot of good, a, a lot of music that came to our ears as a result of, of seeing how people wanted to allocate those funds. Just for clarification, when you talk about transit, is it primarily uh, busing? Yes. So we have a bus only transit system that is working really hard. In fact, they just rolled out their express bus uh, system and hopefully we'll get Atlanta on the show very soon to talk about that really exciting part. But it's a precursor to a light rail system. But in order to get to that point, you have to increase your ridership. Because remember, we're talking about, in some cases, 100% federal funding to transit. And so the feds want to know that they're getting a good return on their investment. So there's various measures that are used to increase the transit investment and increase the transit options that you have in a region. And so folks really focusing on, well, how do we get to more mobility using the transit system inside the region is is a huge deal. So you mentioned uh, rail systems. Uh, I noticed on the list of priorities, the passenger rail and freight movements are actually closer to the bottom of the list. And, you know, there's always talk about passenger rail. Um, what do you make of that? Well, I'll get to the freight part at the end. So passenger rail, okay, this long-range transportation plan looks at transportation inside the Lehigh Valley. That is the legal requirement for the update of the long-range transportation plan. So um, when we're talking about connecting to other regions, that's a different planning process. And um, I think we talked about this on a previous show. I just can't remember to what extent. So I know we'll talk more about it later, but the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation is the lead on a passenger rail study that will look at various connections from our region to other places. So that's a separate initiative that's underway to see if it's even eligible for us to do, if the infrastructure is there, what would take it and the like. So that's separate. On the freight side of things, Obviously, we have more and more and more uh, growth in our industrial economy. 
As a result of that, we're going to have more freight movements, whether it's trucks or airplanes or freight rail. But that doesn't surprise me that when people were talking about like where you should focus, that they didn't necessarily want to make uh, there's a lot of freight development, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this very concisely, but I think people were really saying, hey, look, we've got a lot of freight already. If we're going to invest in the infrastructure system, let's invest in the existing road and bridge network. I mean, that's really where they sh- where they allocated a good portion of their $100 in their budget, but also in the other question where they wanted to talk about priority, making things more efficient and work on congestion, but not necessarily just related to freight. Their answer was, the community's answer was more like, look at mobility overall and make it easier for all types of vehicles. Matt, when you look at the survey, uh, what's it tell you about the modes that people actually use? How are people getting around now? As we mentioned before, I mean, people predominantly drive alone in their cars in the Lehigh Valley. Uh Uh, Nearly 88% did that at least 25 times or more in the last year. Not a surprise. Uh, I think I'm guilty of that myself. Uh, In fact, I know I am. But we did see some encouraging signs. Uh, More than a quarter of everyone regularly carpools. Uh, 44% said they regularly walk to a destination. So that's not just recreation. That's actually walking to get someplace. You know, 29% said they regularly use the trails to get to a destination. Again, that's not recreation. That's actually getting using a trail to get somewhere. You know, and 19% said they regularly bike to a destination. That one is, I think, one that, that we really are pushing, and we think we can sort of move the needle on that one. You know, so when and when I say regularly, that that's people that have either answered 12 or more or 25 or more in the past year. So it's it's more than you do, you know, occasionally. So I think we're seeing a lot of encouraging signs. I think we are sort of promoting some of that thing, some of that stuff, and I think it's happening. Becky, what is BRT? Yes, it's a bus rapid transit system. And again, that gets back to what I mentioned a little bit earlier that Lanta's doing with Express Bus. So what that means is they'll run buses more frequently uh, along key corridors where you have a high population density, high employment density to make it easier for folks. And then the, the more that you can get the ridership up in those locations, then the more that you can add. Um, things like uh, queue jumps at lights to allow buses to move faster and really move towards that light rail system in the long term. So uh, bus rapid transit is basically the precursor to that. Hannah, do you think the COVID-19 pandemic played any role in changing the way these priorities have presented themselves? Absolutely. I think, you know, Becky alluded to it earlier, but the COVID-19 pandemic really shifted our behaviors as a society, especially in relation to the outdoors. People are spending more time on trails and in parks, um, which, as we know, has significant benefits both for physical and mental health and also is a completely viable mode of transportation. Um, People are looking more towards pedestrian infrastructure and trails as ways to reach their destination. And we want to continue to encourage that through the work that we do with the LVPC and and the work that we support from our partners. We're also seeing, as 
Becky mentioned, you know, there's there is an acknowledgement from these public priorities that freight is here um, and that we are our shopping habits have continued to rely more on e-commerce and that, you know, even though that's we're, we're acknowledging that we're part of that e-commerce system, but it's not our top priority and when it comes to transportation. Right. So we know that freight is happening. We know that goods are moving from point A to point B to get to our door uh, within 48 hours or whenever you order it. But it's not our top priority. What we're really focusing on is, is our own personal mobility and the mobility of our communities and our region as a whole. Hannah, you have experience with the bikes. Um, oftentimes when I see the buses going by, they have the bike racks in the front and there are bikes in those racks. Are people um, riding their bikes more to wherever they want to go? Yeah, I think we've definitely seen an uptick in bicycle transportation specifically. I know that Atlanta are big fans of folks using their bikes for what they call the last mile. So a lot of people will ride their bikes to uh, a BRT stop along the blue route or the green route because it, it's a way to mix modes and it's a way to, to be more efficient in your travels. I also think that people are really understanding the importance of biking and, and what that can do for your physical and mental health. Yeah, it's it's uh, fun to see. And I would note that 100% of Lanta's 85 buses have bike racks, like every single one of them. So they've they're they've been easy to use. Yeah, I think it's really neat. It's a nice opportunity for people to get out and uh, use all these different modes of transportation. Mm-hmm. Becky, I know the survey was tied primarily to the long range transportation plan. But does it have any other application? Will it affect any of the other planning commission work that you're doing? Yes, absolutely. What this will do immediately with the long-range transportation plan update, it was already used as part of the initial discussions with the Lehigh Valley Transportation Study, which is uh, the board that manages the transportation components of the future LV, the regional plan. So they already utilized that as part of the scoring process to select projects, which was great, along with a series of data measures and, and other criteria. And then we'll be utilizing that then to work on more specific plans. For example, one of the things that the Lehigh Valley Transportation Study discussed last Friday, actually, in one of their workshops, was everybody's been really interested in can we do bike share or scooter share? There's been four attempts in the Lehigh Valley all have failed for a variety of reasons, largely because you have to heavily subsidize those types of networks. There's a reason why city bike is called city bike in New York City because it's Mm -hmm. really subsidized by Citibank. But we had looked at that as a part of the walk, roll, active transportation plan we'd uh, done almost four years ago now. And it said, hey, look, you have to figure out the business plan for this to make it successful. So now through the LVTS's allocation, we can put funding towards developing that business plan and figuring out, can we make that system work here across the whole region, not just in one neighborhood or over by one college or university or by one healthcare uh, institution. So there's really an opportunity to take the responses and then turn them into action over time. 
Remember, it's a long range transportation plan though. So we're planning out what the priorities are today. This plan's updated every four years. And then how it's really funded will begin next year. And that really looks at the first six years of the plan, projects that are already in planning and construction now, and then looking out four years beyond that. And I call that the cash flow plan, but that's just really an administrative way of, of phrasing it. But those things tie together. So in order for it to rise to the level that will then actually result in implementation or funding, it has to be in the long range plan update. So that's exactly how this information will get translated into projects over time. But remember, it's a 25 year time horizon. So uh, you really are looking out into what we call the mid range and in the long range. So you really are looking out, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. I wasn't aware that uh, somebody had already tried the scooter plan. Uh, for those of you listening who haven't been to a city where that exists, people ride rent scooters and then they just kind of drop them off, don't they? Yeah, uh, they do. And, uh, you know, you, there's a whole bunch of management related things that go into that, right? So oh, yeah. hence you need like a solid strategy, business strategy. But, you know, one, and this happens, I mean, this is really like the theme of the Lehigh Valley in some regards. And again, I'm going to nerd it up here. So I'm going to warn you, warn yeah, you in fine. advance. One of the situations that we work with in the Lehigh Valley is that we don't just have one city with everything subservient to it, like New York or like Philadelphia or like Los Angeles or Chicago or even Houston. Um, we have many jurisdictions that operate independently, and we don't have the population concentration or density that you would find in some of those larger metros. So things have to be thought about differently and right-sized and right-operated, and that's a very important thing to understand for our region. So does that mean that it can't work because we don't have um, the same exact uh, density and criteria that some of these major metros around us do? No, it doesn't mean that, but it means that we have to basically pioneer and to create a strategy that does work. And so it's a lot more deliberate. It requires a lot more time and effort, and it requires a lot more invention because you don't just have one downtown where these scooters or these bikes could go. And that is literally the theme for darn near everything we deal with, including the transit system. So we have to look at things a lot differently. And sure, we can take the great ideas from other places, but how they get translated here is not as easy. It's uh, a lot more complicated, and it really, really requires a lot more thought. We have about a minute left. Matt, what in these survey answers surprised you the most? So I, I don't know that there was any wow moment or any any anything that really just like knocked your socks off. But I was kind of surprised that almost half of all people see trails as part of the transportation network. 47% when asked, are trails part of the transportation network? They said yes. And actually another 21% said maybe. So, I mean, that's two-thirds of the people considering trails as, as an option to get places, not just to have uh, recreation or, or health care. 
And and I think folks started to realize we have a pretty extensive trail network, over 300 miles of multi-use trails. And when I mean multi-use, it's not just for walking. You can get wheeled vehicles on there, mostly bikes, but, but I suppose scooters could be on there as well. Um, and, and they're kind of realizing that they're there and we add more miles every year. So it's kind of snakes through this whole, uh, you know, sprawling valley that Becky just talked about. And that was what surprised me a lot. And I think if you asked that question even five years ago, there is no way it would be half the people. No way. I think that's moving quickly. It's also a very pleasant way to get around. <laughs> uh, if you haven't been on one of the trails, get out there. They're uh, fun. They're, they're nice to uh, be on and a, a good way to get to your next destination. With that, uh, well, we're out of time. Uh, Hannah, thank you very much for being on Plan Lehigh Valley. Yeah, thank you for having me. And of course, Becky and Matt, thank you for another informative and excellent program. Always a good time. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. I'm your host, Greg Caponia. You're listening to WDIY 88.1 FM. Have a great evening. If you enjoyed this program, please go to the WDIY website or app to share or become a WDIY member.